Well, hello and welcome to the HSM Show. It has been far too long since we've recorded. We have been in a deep hibernation. We are coming out of the cave and we are ready for an awesome show. However, we don't have Rob with us because his beautiful bride, Becca, actually gave birth yesterday, last night, June 12th, to their beautiful baby girl, Phoebe. Um, we're so excited to meet Phoebe. Can't wait to have Phoebe on the podcast one of these days to like grunt or do whatever babies do. Um, but today, today, I have a very special guest on our show. Um, this person is the most inspiring, beautiful wonderful, brilliant, incredible person that I know. And so I thought, HSM Show, you deserve the very best. And so I want to ask this particular person this particular question. How did you become so sensitive to the Holy Spirit? Because I think for all of us who love Jesus or know Jesus or are trying to figure out what it means to follow Jesus, um, we want to be sensitive to him. We want to know him. We want to recognize his voice. And our guest today does that in a way that I think most humans never even get to. And so I am so excited to introduce you to the woman who has bore my children, the woman who uh, is the uh, just most incredible person ever. Give it up. Maybe do a little drum roll, like in your car, or riding your bike, or whatever you're doing right now. Brrr, Sarah Holmstrom! <laughs> hey, babe. guys. That How are was you? so sweet, Eric. You are the most incredible person I know, too. Well, you're incredible. Now, here's the thing. Um, <laughs> Vomit. So, it is like 9 p.m., yes. right? And uh, our kiddos just went to bed. But tonight was... And maybe maybe people think, oh, the Holmstrom's, like, their kid's... You know, I wonder if they go to bed right away, if they're great, if they just like lay their little heads down and like fall asleep like angels. They don't. I don't think anyone that knows us thinks that because you're right. you can hear us coming a mile away. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, now, we do call ourselves the circus sometimes. And so the circus is alive and well, especially at bedtime. Uh, Brinley tonight, I would describe her as a mix between King Kong and I don't know, like a cage fighter, maybe. Um, just in she terms was of loud. Her, loudness and her just she was just going nuts right do you think she gets that from you i think that's definitely from her dad really yes very interesting um so i noticed that you have your blueberries is this something you like to eat at night i'm just really nervous because i didn't know i was going to be asked to be on the podcast this particular night so i thought a bowl of blueberries would help (laughs) okay because for me my advice to you and all of our podcast listeners would be try a pop tart because I find that Pop-Tarts relax me and mm. also give me sort of the best thoughts and ideas. Have you found that to be true of Pop-Tarts? They're a little bit cardboard and, uh, you know, okay, weird chemicals. I want to give all of our listeners um, who may hear Sarah saying that and say, wow, isn't she really cutting to the core of who Eric is? Yes. And number two, in marriage, you you learn to work through that stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely compromise. So Sarah, I want to talk about a lot of stuff. I want to talk about marriage. I want to talk about you. I want to talk about your story. But here's the thing. Um, the reason I want to talk about how you became so sensitive to the Holy Spirit is because I've seen 
that through your life, you have helped me become a better person, that because of what the Holy Spirit has done in you and because of the ways that you speak to me and challenge me, um, you've really affected my life. And we talk about this a lot when it comes to marriage, and you love when I bring this up, that one day when we enter into eternity, we won't be married. (laughs) Just crazy. I love being married to you right now, but we won't be married into eternity. So it means that marriage has an even larger purpose than just you being married to the world's hottest, um, you know, <laughs> most wonderful man, and me being married to the hottest, most wonderful woman. It means that God wants to do something in our marriage to prepare us for eternity, right? And I agree, but just for the record, I do not love it when you bring that up. Okay, but that now, makes me so now, sad. However, would you agree that you no longer believe in soulmates? Yes, you turned me. Yes. Thank you. I turned you on or just turned you? (laughs) Away from (laughs) my young, naive beliefs that that we were the perfect for each other's soulmates. Right. So there's no soulmates out there. Ultimately, God opens doors, leads people into relationships, conversations, all that fun stuff. But we got to make a choice, right? We got to choose each other for a lifetime. That's why there's so much instruction in the scriptures about marriage. Now, I think something that's interesting is that in our marriage... God has really used you to help shape me and prepare me for eternity with Christ. And hopefully I'm doing that for you. Um, Absolutely. You know, and so I think of two, I want to just tell two stories and then I want to hear you share a little bit of, of how you feel like you became sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So I can think of two moments where you have shared something with me and it just like rocked my world. Um, the first one was really encouraging and the second one was really challenging. Um, the first one I remember I had spoken at a camp somewhere and you were there and we were driving home from the camp. And you looked at me and you said, Eric, I feel like when we were at that camp, you spoke with authority. And at our home church, you're not really speaking with that kind of authority. Like, what's going on? And then you were like, I believe in you. Like, I believe that you could speak with that same kind of authority. And I remember when you said that, I something in me changed. Something in me was drastically affected by this reality that you actually believed that something was holding me back and that there was more to my teaching and there was more passion there that there was something else and I remember that kind of gave me that x factor that thing that I needed to step into more passionately preaching and communicating um I remember a second time um it was at church that we're at right now at purpose I remember I was like I think we were maybe four to six months in and I came home really late one night I told you I'd be home at one time it was a few hours after when I walked in the door and I remember we were having a conversation you just said Eric I feel like you are loving the church and loving the ministry more than you're loving me and our family. And I remember I initially was like angry at you and I was like frustrated. But in that moment, God used you again to cause me to examine and reflect and look at my own heart and say, man, I am, even though it's not how I feel, I am prioritizing the church and the ministry way over you and my family. And so because you're so sensitive to the Holy Spirit, I feel like you have this really awesome way of encouraging and challenging me and I think that that's a gift that every person should have in friendships and spouses in their small groups that they're a part of and so I would love for you to share maybe just at like maybe start at kind of your early days when did you start to become kind of aware of the Holy Spirit and become sensitive and um, become someone who really listens to his voice 
That's really sweet, Eric. I think that's a really important question. I think growing up, I grew up in a Christian home. I knew about God from an early age. I went to church. I read my Bible. I did all of those things. But I don't think the Holy Spirit became real to me or or listening to God's voice actually until I was in college. And I wish that it had been a lot earlier. I definitely had moments that were cool God moments. But um, when I went to college, I started realizing or I started learning about the Holy Spirit for the mm. first time. It was almost like I had neglected that part of mm. the Trinity mm. and learning about the Holy Spirit's power in our lives and that when Jesus went back up to heaven, he gave us the Holy Spirit to be a counselor, to, to um, speak through us, to, mm. that we can listen to and be filled up with. And um, so it was, it was then in college, actually, when I started to really get real about my faith and yeah. join a small group and go to counseling and deal with some issues and um, really have community around me that prayed for me. Mm. And I started to do something I'd never done in my entire Christian faith, and that mm. was listen to God. Wow. And I think when I when I first really started doing it, um, was actually, you know, college, it started. But sure. a few years later, after we'd been married, mm. I went to something called spiritual direction. Do you mm. remember that? I do remember. At our church. And I had a lady who was praying for me. And the first day we met, she said, let's just be quiet for 10 mm. minutes. Mm. And it was so hard for me to do for yeah. 10 minutes. Um, but I just pressed in. I just said, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me? Would you speak to me? And I had to quiet my heart and all the distractions and turn yeah. off my phone. And and he did. He gave wow. me a picture that I couldn't have come up with on my own. And wow. even now, every time I do that, even if it's two minutes or five minutes, that I just quiet my heart and listen mm. and beg him to speak and, and ask him for for wisdom or um, to speak to me in some way, then awesome. Then he speaks to me. I have so many questions for you. So the first one would be, could you just share with our listeners, like what are some ways, maybe pictures or words or moments where you have felt like God has really spoken to you? Okay, well, I remember the first time actually um, was in college and I was going through a really stressful time when you get to college and mm. everything's crazy and for the first time you have all these relationship issues and you have finals and you're living away from home and you have money problems. And when you were probably spending a lot of time daydreaming about me. So that was that a little distracting, like with your studies and stuff like that? or I don't think I was at that stage yet. <laughs> there were a few other boys. They oh my were gosh. Not the right ones, obviously, but Obvi. they were distracting me at the yes. time. Okay. Wow. If only I had known... Oh, I did know you, but if only I had come to my senses and loved you at that time. So it did take you a little while to come to your senses. <laughs> it really did. Okay. It really did. I'm right. so happy, though. Sorry. Okay, back at it. So I remember um, being kind of at the end of my rope hmm. and just saying, God, if you love me, if you're real, please speak to me. Hmm. And finally just surrendering. It's like I was this hamster going on the hamster wheel, and I hmm. finally stopped hmm. and said, Lord, would you speak to me? Holy Spirit, would you speak to me? And I was quiet for what seemed like forever. Maybe it was five minutes. And then I just remember something popping into my mind that I wouldn't have thought of on my own. Mm. And it was a tightrope. And I was just imagining myself on a tightrope, like wow. barely breathing, sweating, trying so hard not to fall off. Wow. And then looking down and noticing that his hands were right under the tightrope, just right under there. So if I were to fall, 
it would be just like laying on some hands, mm. you know. And, and then I pictured the whole world with his hands under us. And I just kind of laughed and took a deep breath and thought, oh, God, you're right there holding mm. me. You're right there with me. Mm. You don't want this for me. You don't want this anxiety and stress. You want me to turn to you. And um, then from then on, and I don't always do it well, I still... I need to practice that discipline more, but I got into the habit of really surrendering and really asking wow. him to speak to me, not just through a picture when I'm silent, but also through scriptures or yeah. conversations or yeah. praying throughout the day. That's so cool. That's so cool, Sarah. And, you know, I, I see you, I mean, you, you wake up every morning before everyone else does. And honestly, you challenge me and convict me in this. You wake up and you come down to our table, our kitchen table, and you begin to spend time with God. And you open the Word, and you journal, and you pray, and you're doing all this little cool stuff. Um, but you have a really, really busy life. And I bet a lot of our listeners listening also have a really, really busy life. So how have you carved out that time in your schedule? And what's hard about that, and what's awesome about that? Mm. Well, I feel like it's always changing, and I wish that I had a routine that I kept for years and years and years, but I think I'm just now getting back into the routine of mornings, and I know it's different for everybody, but for me, I really feel like it has to be the morning, because mm. when I wait for the afternoon or the evening, it's like the whole day feels harder. Yeah. I need to start that day. Even the other morning, I skipped it, because the kids um, woke up early, and I just felt kind of frustrated mm. and overwhelmed, and... Then the next morning when I woke up and did it, they come down the stairs and I just felt so ready for the day. Mm. I'd just been praying for them. So I felt full of patience and love for them. So I think for me, I just have to set my alarm clock, even if I didn't get enough sleep, even if it makes no sense because I have something big the next day. God fills in that time. And I think even in our busiest times, Mm. when we carve out that half an hour, hour, whatever it is, he... He maximizes your day anyway. Yeah. Well, we were, you, you just said a really cool quote last night as we were talking about this. Tell me about what you were saying about how, like, even losing that one hour of sleep, like, what you feel the benefit is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even if, you know, I'm an eight hour a night girl. So even if I were to say, okay, I'm only going to get seven hours now because yeah. I'm waking up at six to do my Bible study or five or whatever time. Um, and he gives me that hour. It's almost like I had eight hours because mm-hmm. I'm so, is that what you mean? Yeah. That quote? Yeah. yeah. I'm just so energized and rejuvenated and yeah. ready for the day. That's awesome. That is so cool. Um, what other kind of things do you feel like God's teaching you right now? Like as you're being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, like maybe in marriage and parenting, but a lot of our listeners are like high school students, right? Or young adults or whatever. So what kind of things do you feel like God's teaching you that like they could kind of apply or that um, could kind of speak to them where they're at? Yeah, I think I think something that a lot of people could relate on is worry. Mm. I And I wish I could say I've come mm. a long way. I have a little bit, but there's a long way to go. But I worry and I analyze and I think yeah. about, oh, did I make the right decision? And, and I worry about relationships. I worry about everything. And God keeps reminding me through what I'm reading mm. and what I'm hearing from him that he gives us wisdom. Mm. And I always just come back to James 1.5. If anybody lacks wisdom and we ask him for it, he doesn't rebuke us, but he gives it to us generously. Mm. So even over little things, I used to think that meant wisdom over big life decisions. Mm. But even even in how to relate with a friend that you're having a conflict with or mm. what you should do about a, a 
logistical problem, being Mm -hmm. late to something or whatever it is, the little things that we worry about Mm -hmm. day in and day out. He is a loving father. He wants us to turn to him with it and Mm -hmm. he gives us wisdom and he's not going to rebuke us or say, people are starving. Don't ask me Mm -hmm. what you should do about dinner. You know, he, he wants us to come to him with everything. So I think that's kind of what he's teaching me. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I was thinking about kind of like switching gears and maybe marriage. Maybe there's some students listening that they're thinking about marriage or uh, people listening who who are beginning that process or are married. Um, You know, marriage is messy, right? And we love our marriage, but there are really, really hard times. And um, I even think about the importance of like apologizing in marriage Mm -hmm. and asking for forgiveness. I think about, you know, last night, like you and I got in a pretty big fight, right? And it was... Um, you know, I was just being like king jerk around here. Like I was just totally being lame. And, um, you know, I feel like, you know, we had a miscommunication, right? Like you had kind of thought we were going to be hanging out. I had kind of thought we were going to be working and I was sitting on the couch and I was about to put out my, um, work stuff to kind of get some things going. And you came and sat next to me and I can't believe I said this, but I was like, um, you know, can you like, like, what did I say? Did I say, can you scoot away? Or what did I say? You're like, are you going to sit that close? <laughs> <laughs> so are you gonna sit that close? And then so, you said, "Okay, <laughs> okay." So, so right there, like, I just want to get it out there. Like, I'm not the perfect husband. I'm not the best husband <laughs> at all. That there are moments like that where I just miss it, and I'm just such a dork. Um, how do you feel like in relationships? Because I feel like I hear this from students all the time. Like, you know, a friend offends them, says something, does something, and it's like, they're dead to me, right? Like, I'm never mm. going to hang out with them again. I'm not going to talk with them. I don't want to see that. Like, it's like, you know, one conflict takes place. And because I think I think it's a big epidemic in our culture, and especially in Christian culture, we don't know how to resolve conflict. We don't know how to approach somebody and say, hey, this hurt. Like, can we talk about this? Um, and in our marriage, we have to do that all the time. And in friendships, you have to do that all the time. What kind of tips would you give for somebody who has some kind of conflict right now that somebody mm-hmm. has said something to them or done something or, and they're thinking about writing that person off mm-hmm. and there's a potential that they would miss out on a really, really great continuing friendship and to grow from this. Or maybe there's a spouse listening who has said something that they're just going, you know what, I, I don't know if I can do this anymore. What kind of advice or encouragement would you give to somebody in that situation? Oh, that's good. Well, first of all, I think God cares very much about relationships. Mm. He is a God who restores relationships so much so that that, that's kind of the whole point of the Bible, of the story, right? He, um, the whole time we were sinning and we broke our relationship with God and um, we deserve death for our sins, he had a plan. Mm. He had a plan from the very beginning to send his son, to send a redeemer to come and restore our relationship Mm. back with God. And because Jesus died, we now are in relationship with God. So I think he cares about our relationships. And when we think, oh, it's not that big of a deal, I'm going to write that person off, Mm. I think it breaks his heart. I Mm. think he wants us to be in harmony with each other. It doesn't mean we have to be best friends with everybody, mm. but I think he wants us to, to, you always say, this is an Eric Holmstrom quote, quote, to a clean, quote, <laughs> a quote. <laughs> to clean our side of the street. Right. You always say, make sure your side of the street is clean. So in the situation, there's always something that we can do, right? If we have a problem right. with somebody, there's probably a problem with us too. Right, right. So if we're in conflict with somebody, no matter how much they hurt us, and this is so hard for me to do because yeah. I'm so prideful. It takes me time. But Are you kidding me? No. Are you, it takes me so long to say sorry to you. Wow. 
Okay. So think about it when you're in conflict. And guess what? You're in conflict right now. Wow. If you're breathing. Dang. If you're living. If you don't think you are, check your heart. Check your heart. <laughs> no, I think we all are, right? Yeah. To some extent. So yeah. there's somebody who even, maybe they don't even know it, but right. we're frustrated at right. them. And you Well, know, I love that, right? At, at the end of Psalm 139, um, David says, basically, Lord, search my heart. Test me if there's any offensive way in me, lead me in the way everlasting. I love that idea of saying, like you said, man, if, I wonder if some of our listeners are in conflict with somebody right now. Maybe they didn't even know it, but to mm-hmm. ask the Holy Spirit, speaking of, you're talking about being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, saying, yes. Holy Spirit, is there anything in me that's in conflict with someone else? Mm-hmm. And how can I be somebody who reconciles that? And what I love is that you brought it back to the gospel and this idea that, that as Jesus died on a cross, it actually reconciled us to him. It reconciled our relationship with God. And and oftentimes, in order for reconciliation to take place, something has to die, mm. right? Like your ego, your... Um, your desire for that person to be perfect, right? Or your desire for you to be perfect. Like something has to die in order for you to be reconciled to that person. Um, And I think that, you know, you model that really well. I would like to give our listeners a challenge. I love it. Okay. So I totally agree. We have to ask the Holy Spirit because sometimes I even hear sermons about forgiveness and I think, well, I've forgiven everybody or I'm not mad at anybody, but Mm. Every time if I ask the Holy Spirit, is there something, Mm -hmm. is there somebody I have conflict with? So my challenge is what Eric just said, ask the Holy Spirit. And then when you get that person, maybe it's somebody that you're in a fight Mm -hmm. with, or maybe it's someone who they don't even know, you didn't even realize, but you have are harboring some sort of bitterness or anger towards. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to lose 10 pounds of ugly fat, or maybe 100 pounds, here's what you got to do. Wow. What are you saying? (laughs) pray for that person mm. just stop and pray for that person pray for the lord's blessings over them so pray this is that... a weight loss tip <laughs> is that what you just gave I us i just wanted to give it a little hook oh, you know i like that because you feel like you've lost weight you feel lighter you feel free when you do that when you can actually pray for somebody that's hurt you i'm somebody... going to title this podcast how to lose 100 pounds <laughs> that's good i went from 10 to 100 oh did you like gosh. that gosh yeah if you pray for your enemies though you feel amazing it's so great speaking of weight loss do you think if I still eat as many Pop-Tarts as I do, I could still lose weight? Yes. If you eat Pop-Tarts, but you cut out maybe the, I don't know, Oreos. Okay. Ranch dressing. I don't. Okay. Yeah. Double, double cheeseburgers. You guys, when he drives through to get <laughs> something, he goes, he's, he literally says this. Hey, um, I'm on a diet, so could I please get the double cheeseburger with French fries? Do I sound like that to you? Like a really high pit sort of a... Hey guys, uh, I'm on a diet, so is that better? Is that what I sound like to you also? Wow. <laughs> I'm not very good at impressions. That's awesome. That's awesome. Sarah, anything else that you would like to say uh, to our peeps who are listening right now and um, you know, are trying and want to really be open to the Holy Spirit? Would you get, what, what other kind of tips or practical advice would you want to give them to kind of begin that journey of really listening to the Holy Spirit? Mm, well, I think we touched on the most important things, really spending time with him every day um, and listening. Mm. I think something practical would be to just try that, the yeah. act of listening. We talk so much. And when we're not talking, we're on our phone and we're scrolling or we're 
busy right. accomplishing tasks. So try something as simple as setting a timer for five minutes and mm. just being and just listening, mm. being in a posture. For me, I love kneeling because yeah. it reminds me that God is king and I'm yeah. not. And just kneel and just listen. Well, you know, that that's cool that you brought that up too because that's actually like something our life group is really trying to do. So yes. our life group has decided um, a few months ago that – uh, at the very end of our time of like sharing our lives and studying scripture together that we would give some time for the Holy Spirit to speak. And what's really cool is this last time we like, we said, okay, just for five minutes, we're just going to be in silent and see if the Holy Spirit wants to speak unique things to each of us. And there were actually a few gals in our life group who felt like during that time, God really convicted them and, and mm. challenged them on some stuff. And it's really cool to practice that. And um, obviously, obviously, we want to check everything that we sense to be the Holy Spirit with Scripture, right? We want to make sure that it connects. And, and I think even asking other brothers and sisters in Christ, like, hey, does this sound like the Holy Spirit to you? Does this sound like the Holy Spirit? But I, I just think, man, maybe there's more room for us to be inviting the Holy Spirit in to speak to us. I even think of, for me, a new challenge I've been sort of taking myself as I'm reading scripture is before I start, I just think about sort of who I am and the different roles that I function in. So as a husband, as a dad, as a pastor, as a friend, as a coworker, as a leader, I think about, okay, as a neighbor, um, and I'll, I'll just say, God, you know, this is who I am. This is how I function in your world. These are some of the things I do. Would you speak to me about what it means to be a husband? Would you speak to me about what it means to be a dad, a pastor, a leader, a coworker, a friend, a neighbor? Would you speak to me? And then as I'm reading scripture, I'm saying, okay, God, since this thing is God-breathed, since it's living and active, since, since you want to reveal yourself to me through it, I want to be the kind of person who, in every page, is recognizing, man, God has something that he wants to say to me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like otherwise, I, I just end up reading it like to kind of check something off, right? And to say, mm-hmm. okay, I did it. But if I take that extra minute and say, okay, Holy Spirit, this book um, is inspired. This book has something for me right now in the 21st century. And I can't wait to hear and see and experience what that is. Um, it's really changed a lot of the way I've been reading scripture. I love that you told me about that challenge because I've been doing that and that's really cool. It's cool that God put that on your heart. I think another thing is, I forget where it is, Eric, but you know where it says you didn't receive because you didn't ask? Hmm. Do you know that verse? Yes. It's in there. It's in (laughs) there, there, guys. Guys, look it up. (laughs) But I think that's another way to Hmm. be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit is just ask Him. Say, I want to know your voice more. I want to hear from you more. And I also wanted to say, too, that... I don't always hear his voice when I set a timer and listen. Mm. I don't always pull That's something good. out of scripture. Sometimes, even the other day at Life Group, we were all praying and I was saying, God, please tell me something. Mm. Tell me that you love me. Tell me something. And I was, my brain was wandering off. And at the end of it, I didn't really feel like yeah. I heard anything. Yeah. And sometimes I read a whole chapter mm. and I think, well, that was neat. But yeah. I think when we really focus and we spend time with them it's just yeah. the practice of that of the discipline it's the of discipline of revisiting it over and over and and learning to hear his voice like i think mm. about when you and i were first falling in love and you were infatuated with me and <laughs> we would like text each other a lot we had to learn like when each other were joking and mm-hmm. we had to learn when each other were serious and as we were talking on the phone we had to get more comfortable with each other and there were those kind of awkward moments you remember where it was like oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like, what is she going to say? What am I going to say? Like, what happens if it gets silent? Like, and, and there's all that going on. And as we grew in our relationship, we grew to become more and more comfortable with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And even in our relationship, I remember, you know, God really speaking to me clearly. I remember I used to drive to your house like early on when we were just like starting to date. And I was like, okay, this woman is godly. This woman is gorgeous. This woman is everything that I could ever want. Do not screw this up, Eric. And so I remember <laughs> driving to your house and I would go, okay, what like amazing story can I tell? Like what joke can I share with her? Like how can I impress her? And I remember I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Eric, I'm more concerned with you honoring her and respecting her than entertaining her. Mm-hmm. I'm more interested in you actually caring for this daughter of mine. And it was like, this incredible freedom. And that's what the Holy Spirit does when he speaks to us, right? It's like, even if it's a conviction, it's free, mm, right? Like he, yes. never, he never convicts us for the purpose of guilt. We talk about this in HSM all the time. Like if he's going to convict you on sin, it's never to make you feel guilty. It's so that you would be free, right? Yes. It's so that that sin and that guilt and that thing that you're living, that brokenness you're living in would be broken from you and you would be in freedom. And so I remember, you know, sensing, wow, God, like, you're calling me to be a different kind of man as I date and pursue and get to know Sarah. And I think that's where it's really fun because I think the Holy Spirit can speak to each of us in all the unique situations and circumstances that we're in. I have to jump on that bandwagon. I love what you just said. I love you too. <laughs> no, no, the Holy Spirit oh. will will always convict. He will yes. never condemn. And mm. I didn't learn Ooh, that until preachable. I was an adult. When wow. I was an adult, I still believe that the shame that I felt that was mm. heaped on me mm. was somehow from the Lord. And that's never his voice. So yeah. we do have to learn what his voice sounds like. He will convict you. He will make you feel motivated and excited yeah. to change. But he's not going to condemn you. He's not going to shame you. Mm. So when we feel that, we know that that's the enemy's voice who is the father of lies. Whoa. Calling him out. Boom shaka laka. (laughs) I love it. All right, Sarah, I think that is it for our podcast. This has been amazing. I now want to go and listen more to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for encouraging us. Um, Any last sort of thing that you want to say to our listeners before we sign off? Thanks for having me on. This was really fun. And I love watching Eric speak with his hands and his big (laughs) smile as if he is in a room of millions right now. He is passionate in everything he does. I got to be honest. I love when you smile really big too. Because you have the most beautiful, large teeth I've ever seen in my entire life. They're like, if I was writing, you know, Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, however you want to describe it, um, I would, you know, I would talk about your horse teeth and just how awesome they are and powerful your teeth are. (laughs) comments wow i've never gotten that compliment by anyone else before so yeah i'll take it i just i love your teeth i think they're great teeth and they're big (laughs) thanks (laughs) all right bye hsm show people we love you we're stoked for you hope this is helpful and we really do love you a lot